Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out podcast, a show where we drink beer and geek out. We are proud members of the Hopped Up Network. I'm here with Pale. Yes. And I am Keith. You are Keith. Because I guess some people get us all confused online, so I guess we need to say who we are. It's funny how we do intros on these little, like, shorter episodes with just two of us. Yeah. And all nobody... four of us together, we're just like, just, we're off. We're, we're, we're off. Yeah, we're no. all here, so yeah. it doesn't matter who it is. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, excited for this topic we have this week. What are we talking about, pal? We're talking about Legion <gasps> season two. Season two. Because we did we did season one together. We did last we, year. We or did. Last summer. Yeah, it was last summer. We did That's season right. one. So I highly recommend you go back about twelve months from now. Go listen to season one of Legion. Get all caught up on what we talked about, and then come back to this. That's true. So if you haven't seen season one, spoiler alert, we're talking about season two. Yes. So everything will be spoiled, especially we're, we're for season for two. We're not so. waiting for you guys. No. We'll be like David, and we will time travel. Mm, spoiler. <laughs> that will be coming up here soon. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Legion season two. Man, season one was just kind of all over the place. I think they established a base. And with season two, they kind of had a plot line that they were following. We got to find Farouk, and we got to kill him. Yes, and that's pretty much where everything it's came simple from. Plot, but find there's Farouk. so many psychedelic things that happened all. There's so much this. going on, and like the way they do the episodes and the way they go about telling a story, it's just like all over the place and. It's like way different than anything I've ever seen. Absolutely. So, so I'll give you a, a brief rundown here of season two. In an epic showdown, David and his friends battled his demon, ultimately forcing it from David's body. Unfortunately, that demon, Farouk, found a new host, Melanie's husband, Oliver Bird, played by Jermaine Clement, my favorite, mm-hmm. and escaped. Just when they thought they earned a moment of respite, a mysterious orb appeared and took David away to an unknown place. With David and Oliver missing and Farouk on the loose, the team forms an unlikely alliance with their former enemy. <laughs> their former enemy, Clark, played by Hamish Link- Linklater, and his well-funded government organization called Division Three. Meanwhile, Amal Farouk, played by Navid Negaban, which I loved his character, by the way. Yes. He did a brilliant job on this. perfect casting. Oh, my gosh. Is on a new path to attaining infinite and world-ending powers. So, basically, it's all about Farouk trying to find his body. Yes. So he can come back into the world and experience his full true power because he can only take over people's minds and take over their bodies. And I think Oliver... He has some psychic ability, not as much as David, obviously, because he's the most powerful mutant. I think that there is. I'm pretty according sure. to the comics, because he, he's I'm definitely sure more powerful becomes, than his father. Yes, um, he just can't control it. He's just psycho. Um, so Farouk is just jumping from body to body ever since um, Professor X killed him, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember season one on the chalkboard? Yep, they kind of go about like. How Charles and but he didn't he killed his body but his consciousness was still out there and I guess he jumped into something else yeah um or he jumped into David that was jumped into David yeah to get his revenge on Professor so when the baby was born so he was David was born with Farouk inside of him 
So this whole journey is about David getting rid of this demon that has been inside of him um, and ultimately getting his revenge on him for screwing up his entire life. And that's basically where the show has gone the entire time. Right. Um, but there's so many twists and turns in this, and I think we should probably just start jumping into the episodes because it is probably crazy. To do this justice, this episode, yeah, we need to just jump into the episodes, give a rundown on each one. I'll briefly talk about it. I won't do my usual read that I normally do. Um, I'll do you just kind of summarize. New, new characters that oh, introduced? yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, we did have some new characters. I did mention the guy who played Farouk, the real version of Farouk, because it was. Um, Aubrey Plaza's character Lenny, Lenny as how was portrayed as David saw him which was a familiar character to him a familiar person um, but his true form is this um, Spaniard Mexican, Mexican I, I don't know I'm not sure exactly I think he's Spaniard yeah. the, um, the Spanish guy um, who that's his true form his true body so he's got these awesome sunglasses he's got his little pencil stash going on yeah. just the way he talks very poetic he very smooth really talking nicely. very smooth talk smooth dressed Drive, i mean i'm like oh nice cars usually just an awesome awesome character we saw him at the end of season one maybe like briefly i think so he yeah. showed his true form yeah um who are the other new characters um mark oka as admiral fukuyama the guy with the basket, the basket, head. basket head who yeah, just who, sits there with the weird mustached women. <laughs> yeah, who I may rot with my eyes. Um, yeah, they're called the Vermilion. The Vermilion. The, the women with the mustache, the the real, you know, the simple haircuts like with like the bangs across the forehead, short hair, mm -hmm. like skin tight, skin tight, see through jumpsuits with nothing on underneath. Right. <laughs> That was fun. Um, they have like their voices remind me of T Pain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're like auto tune voices. Auto tune voices <laughs> were like like talk and they go like a pitch goes up like ah oh, 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 oh. <laughs> we are here to be to be save you. Yeah, it was, I, so it, was it was awesome. That was pretty cool. Um, and then John Hamm as the narrator. Yeah, I wonder the guy sounded familiar when I saw your notes on this. I'm like, oh, that is John Hamm from Mad Men. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm like, man, if he if he sat there and told me like how to do something that we obviously know could not be done <laughs> and he explained how it could be done, I would 100% believe him yes. and be like, you're right, I'm going to do it now and he did a great job narrating that. Yeah, his he just his he explains so well. I love his voice. And I loved every episode he came on and he talked about whether it was at the beginning, the middle, or at the end of the episode, they changed it around so much yeah. that he explained um, all these different psychological phenomena that people experience. Um, so if we're good, we'll jump into the first episode. Um, he was talking about madness and delusions. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the ideas of an egg, that a delusion is born like anything else, as an egg, an idea. Yes. And then it hatches into something else. And it's like, man, my head hurt after... Listening to all this stuff, it's like, wow, this makes sense. How we're so delusional. We want to see what we believe, um, and we can create these delusions in our minds to fit our own things. So, I mean, this is great psychological class you're learning. I think while watching this show, yeah. Versus, you know, just it's a show. I mean, there's just so much going on in these episodes. That's funny. He's like breaking down like what we're watching, mm -hmm. and it's like very educational. And it's like, oh, okay. Like it was. 
like later in the season he was talking about like cavemen how like what they see is just like a shadow or a like a projection a projection but yep. it's not like reality it's not reality yeah. which is similar to us on our cell phones our cell and phones. it's like oh this is so real right yeah, now it's like, oh, and this- when you break when you finally pick your head up and realize it's not a world of shadows the online world social media yes. that it's real life and you don't know how to react yeah. and people are want to retreat back to their caves. Not really so. just like hit, hit home with me. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. All right. So the first episode, um, as we talked about it, season one ended with David being abducted into this weird little orb thing. Him and Sid, Sidney were standing on the balcony and it just absorbed him and he disappeared. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think they did a very good job explaining what happened throughout that whole year. They didn't. They really left out a lot about what happened, like where he went. And who sent the orb? What, sent what was the, the whole point of it? It didn't make any sense to me. And so the whole second season, the first few episodes was trying to figure out where he was. So he wakes up and he's in Division 3 and the guy who he burned half his face. Um, Clark. Clark, yeah. They're now so working with they're him. They're now working with him because they have to find him. They realize that you know David is a threat and everything. Um, yeah. And Farouk is bigger problem than they thought. So he's got these flashbacks. Like David goes back to this nightclub and he's there with Lenny and Oliver. And there's just what is happening to him. And he's slowly piecing the events back. It's like he just woke up from a dream. Like what just happened? I, a year and a half or something has gone by. Yeah. I think it was a year. It was a year. Yep. A year had gone by and he goes, it just felt like yesterday. You know, yeah. everybody's changed. Sid has changed. Um, so they're all just trying to figure out where he was and he slowly his mind is piecing it back together Mm -hmm. like he was there with Farouk and he was there talking to um Oliver and the nightclub and the dancing scene it it was a little bizarre yeah it was I don't think they did like that great of a job explaining like what happened in that year I was very confused on these episodes it just kind of jumped into like division three and like what they were doing like afterwards and yeah it was it was just strange um, and we uh, did forget to mention that um, Farouk was infecting people with the mental virus. The catalyst is what it was called, and it freezes people, and their teeth are the just, they chatter. sit there and chatter. The... <laughs> that freaks me out. <laughs> yep. I don't know if you can get that in the mic or not, but <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's it just up. like, ugh, it, ugh. I hate that noise. Um, and it just... takes them to like a different like world inside their head. Right, their peaceful area. Their... Yeah. Um, whatever's the happiest moment in their life and they just play that on repeat so for them they're happy but their bodies are just sitting there frozen and chattering Mm -hmm. and david can enter their mind he puts his hand on their head or something and he goes in and has to convince them that what you see is fake come with me let's get out of this fantasy world and then they wake back up Mm -hmm. Like he uses his little et finger his little et finger yeah some of the guys (laughs) on the video i was watching today was like Use his little ET finger to bring him back into reality. Boop, you're back. <laughs> Which is uh, like really awesome power. That is great. Well, yeah, with the mind control. Yeah, I mean, just, it's just it's nuts. I mean, it's crazy what he can do. Um, second episode, David agrees to work with Farouk and causes distraction by making many of the others desert. While Farouk takes over Oliver's body to Division Three, where he believes the last surviving monk of the Migo Order may be hiding, and the Migo monks played a role in hiding Farouk's body. So we kind of see these flashbacks of all these moments of where, like, it's in this egg. 
was really weird because I got the reference how a delusion oh, yes. is made from an egg and that reference there with his body being in an egg. So I'm like, is that real? Is that a delusion? I'm like, yeah. oh, there's so <laughs> much psychological stuff happening right now. Uh-huh. Um, but they like encased his body and these monks were like s- trained to hide it and to protect it for all eternity. I don't know why the hell they just didn't destroy the damn body in the first place, <laughs> yeah. but they kept his body pristine and they kept it hidden. Um, so David agrees to help Farouk to find his body. Um, and David regrets helping Farouk. And I think this is where he contacts Sid in the future. This is where he makes his first contact with her. Yes. And he goes into this like a mini cerebro which was really cool to enhance his powers um oh, what's the guy with the glasses name carrie 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 louder carrie uh helps to create this little pool that he gets in he's got to get in naked laying in this pool and it increases his power and his perception that he can search the entire world so it's basically cerebro oh that's a good um, comparison i like that that he can contact people but his powers are so deep that he can go beyond current time and he goes to the future and he sees future Sid who's missing her right arm or left arm I think it's her left arm left arm and, and she doesn't speak she uses like a little wand like with yep and she's like like painting like the words like and help him I think help him help him like help or, Farouk yeah um, so later on these next few episodes he eventually goes to her and talks to her um, he increases the power and takes it like one step further that he can actually be in constant contact with the future person. And she says, yeah, help Farouk to find his body. There's a coming apocalypse and he's the only one that can help um, stop this monster from coming. So I'm thinking, oh, dang. So yeah. we're going to see a Farouk David team up and they're going to they're gonna team up and try to take down this giant monster yeah. of what's going to create the apocalypse. So that comes a little bit later. Uh, the third episode, they kind of find the monk and the monk kind of wakes up and he disappears. Um, and long story short, I guess the monk kind of commits suicide. Because he's not willing to give up where, where, the, body, the, where the body is. body is at. So he... Jumps off the top of the of the building, falls probably twenty stories, right on the concrete. Yeah, that was pretty much that episode. Yeah. Uh, the next episode, the catalyst disappears. They kind of get rid of that whole disease from everybody, so everybody's kind of free at that point. Mm-hmm. David explores Sid's mind, following her life story from birth through adolescence, even as a baby. So this one was really neat, where he goes through her entire life because he figured out everybody else. Um, that he figured out their life story, what makes them tick, because we've seen all their history. But with Sid, he cannot figure it out. And she uses it as a test to test him. um, And he finally figures it out. So that was kind of neat how he's going through her life growing up. Of course, he projects himself in that situation. He can communicate the entire time, which is, it's just so bizarre. Um, so David or Sid explains that she believes love will not save them, but pain can give them the strength to fight for love and allows them to wake up. So it shows that she went through a lot of hardships. I thought that was kind of a big scene, the whole shower scene. Uh, I don't know if I want to get into it a oh. whole lot <laughs> where she's like changes bodies with her mom so she can experience what 
was that where yeah i like that what where love she, is like he, where um, she's like at um school and yep. she's with that the kid and was like hey you want to kiss and she switches bodies switches bodies and then beats up them bitches that, them bullies, bitches that were bullies her yeah so that kid gets in trouble and she'd made that kid do it because we should mention if we didn't if you didn't go back and listen to part one um that Sid, when she touches somebody, she trades bodies with them. So her consciousness is in that person's body, and that person's consciousness is in her body, I think. Yeah. Um, so she wears the gloves. So it's kind of like, uh, oh, what's her face from Rogue. X-Men? Rogue, thank you. Um, she'll take your power. But she'll take your power and eventually kill you, yeah, yeah, for long enough. But she, it's very temporary. I don't know how long it is, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, yeah, or something sure weird. But uh, it's a very temporary switch, but she'll switch bodies with people. So she always longed to touch someone else to feel the intimate relationship. So her mom had a weird boyfriend. Long story short, changed bodies with her mom to experience what lovemaking's like. And I don't weird. know. That was bizarre. Yeah, was I'm like, odd. we're getting deep here. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Now the fifth episode. Yeah. Um, so... Lenny, this whole time, we find out she was a real character at the time, but when I think that was when Sid and David switched and shot his powers and eventually killed Lenny, the real Lenny, and stuck her in a wall somewhere. Yes. Um, so Lenny is now part of Farouk's consciousness. That Her consciousness is inside of Farouk, and she's always in this fantasy world, and he does nothing but abuse her and just uses her for his own powers. She wants to escape. She wants to get out. Um, but she, her physical body's dead, so mm -hmm. it's hard for her. She has nowhere else to go. Um, so she does appear with a physical body, and she shows up at Division Three, and that's kind of like how that the previous episode ended. But her eyes are different. She doesn't have brown eyes anymore. She no, has the bright blue eyes. Yes. So I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. So there's this whole strange stuff going on david looks into lenny's mind realizes that she has indeed been sent by farouk but she blocks out the influence so th or the two can talk openly so he blocks out farouk so they can have this one-on-one -on -one conversation um she's unsure how she can have a body again it doesn't make sense to her but long story short they come to find out that farouk and oliver went to where david's sister amy was hiding and Basically, there's this weird weapon that they took from Division 3 that all they needed, they dug up Lenny's real body, took a skin sample. That was really gross. Uh -huh. Took a skin sample from her dead body, put it in the machine, went to Amy's body, and shot the machine into her, and it changed Amy's body into Lenny's body. Yeah. And her consciousness, but the only thing that stayed was the eyes. The eyes. Yeah, that and was, was really cool is Amy's consciousness still existed inside Lenny. Lenny. So Amy would appear to her as you know, Lenny goes out and she tries to do you know drugs all over again. And that's a whole other dynamic between yeah. Lenny and Amy that we'll get into like a little bit later. Yeah. So obviously David's pissed because his sister is now dead. Yeah. He was um, devastated. Here's the news. Super devastated. That. that was a good episode. I like that. Oh, it was that very was, good. Yes. Uh, the next episode, uh, this one was really cool where David experienced the multiverse theory where every choice you make, and there's always an opposite choice that you could have made. And it creates this whole multiverse. 
So where one branch is, it branches out three more times. One branch creates another branch, creates yes. another branch. And that one weird meth head David was <laughs> dropping fries on a table like, this creates another branch and then another branch. Every decision that you make goes one way, one way, and then the other. And it's just this whole weird thing. So it's where he, um, I don't know, it's bizarre, like where he, he died at a young age or something. And then he worked at a a milk factory yeah. where he had to, t- they, he, they medicated him and he couldn't think anything. He was just kind of vegetable. Uh-huh. Like, I don't like my pills. I can't think. I, can't I don't know who I am. Yeah. Pills. Yeah. Uh, and his and sister's like taking care of him. Of- yeah. Where he finally just let his powers loose, where he was an intern somewhere and he could read the minds of everyone. And he just became the most powerful, richest man in the world. Yeah. And could just read everybody's minds and just accepted who he was. The more the God complex, like I am greater than all of you. But it I mean, it was bizarre. Did you notice like in every like David was like in a different lifestyle like every time and like in every one of those lives there was just like a bunch of boxes like everywhere. I don't know, like when he was working at the milk company there was like the green box. The green boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it was rich. There was boxes there somewhere. But basically, it was just uh, like a metaphor of him being inside his own head. So, yeah. like, he's he's like in, in a box because he just can't, like, get out of his own head. And that, it was it was just a neat metaphor. It's, I heard that on one of the videos I was watching today. That was a pretty fun episode. That yeah. was neat seeing him play different things. He was homeless was- in one of them. Um, oh, and he was old, and he was like, an old, old guy under yeah. that like bridge, and he just let loose with his power and disintegrated. Disintegrated. Those. You could still see the shadow on the ground of the people that he disintegrated. Yeah, I loved it because um, Carrie's alter ego, the little girl that comes out of him. What's her name? Her name's Carrie too. Oh, uh, they're both Carrie. They're both Carries. Yeah, I didn't realize Carrie that. louder milk, and then you have Carrie with a K. K E R R Y. Yeah, they just okay. Well, she ended up killing because they put the little supersonic thing on him that he couldn't control his powers, and she came up and just like cut his head in half. I'm like, this guy graphic. <laughs> um, but yep. yeah, so that was pretty neat. All right, so the next episode, David vows revenge against Farouk for Amy's death. So Farouk sends his mind forward in time to meet with the future Sid. So Farouk can do the same thing David can. So Farouk went forward in time. And talk to this future Sid. And he comes to find out why she needs his help. Because David is the monster that wipes out the entire world. David is the apocalypse. He's the true, apparently, bad guy. The world killer. The world killer. He ends the world. So that's why he wanted... She tricked David into helping Farouk get his body back so he can destroy David because he's the only one that they know that's powerful enough that can stop him and because David's powers are just off the charts um, so Tonomy that's how you say his name right Patonomy, Patonomy. Yeah. Um, he plants fear into the minds of a lot of people is this the one with the bug yeah, this is the, this one, is the, the one bug, bug comes. So where we noticed in previous episodes that this bug crawled into Patonomy's mind. Um, so he's slowly been, he was like whispering something into these eggs and putting them by everybody's bed. And these monsters would crawl in everybody's ear. Yeah. And David 
stopped it thankfully at that moment because they thought that um fukiyama was the bad guy the guy with the basket on his head so they perceived him as the giant monster so they tried to kill him but david could just come up and like with his little et finger and (laughs) he popped these bugs right out of their head and then all of a sudden, out of Patanami, this giant bug has been festering and, like, comes out of his back. His spine. He's like... puking up this gross black blood stuff. Yeah. And um, So they just kind of let him go around and run around the building to see what's going on. David tries to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of funny. He shrinks him down into a tiny size, puts him in a jar, and just looks at him and just, like, blinks him out of existence. And just... Yeah. <laughs> explodes him. That was awesome. Um, but... The Vermilion, the robot mustache ladies, yeah. <laughs> plug Patonomy into the mainframe to save his mind. They said, you know, his chance of survival is not good. <laughs> um, so they plug him into the tree and um, he's in this mainframe. And I think the next episode, he kind of learns about this Fukuyama guy, who the basket head is, and his backstory that he can keep secrets so he he is the computer where division three can put all their secrets in and he will not share them with anybody which is why he's super quiet and his mind is so expansive that he can take everybody else's secrets without sharing them which is why he never talks but he did take the basket off when um what's his face put the gun on him and we got to see his face, and then we got to see him as a young child. So mm-hmm. that was kind of neat. And I hope Patanami comes back because I loved his character. He was great. He was very good. Um, so I'm hoping he come. He plays a. I'm worried that a role later. I'm worried they might phase him out. Yeah, I think he's 30. pretty much done. Yeah. Um, next episode, future Sid told Farouk how to find the driver. Gave him a hint where to find the person to help find his body because she was the driver that helped to take this body to the monks. And she agreed to give him the location if he could grant her the endless dream. She was old in a retirement home. She didn't have much of her mind left anyway, I'm pretty sure. And um, she wanted this endless dream. And he said, okay, it's a weird dream. You're just driving into nowhere and this nothingness. And I loved his character. He's just like looking around like, this is your dream? (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing here. This is stupid. Um, So he gave it to her and she released the location of his body and he knew where it was. So they're well on their way in the desert and they're riding this weird little thing being pulled by a human and they're sitting there sipping their martinis and they're holding an umbrella in the desert trying to find their way to the monastery and david goes to the desert to start looking and what's really neat i give david credit he created a plan before that and he planted things in people's minds to try to get people where everybody was going to go to where this final battle was going to take place so david went in with a plan in mind but he really didn't do a good job keeping sid informed and because he's so obsessed with revenge um, next episode, we see Melanie's backstory because she's already, she's gone. She's nutso because she lost Oliver again. And she's just drinking, doing all sorts of weird elephant inhalants. I don't, it's this weird little. It's like a, what do they not, call that? Um, hookah? A hookah or something. Yeah, it's just like a bu- big thing of smoke. It's really it weird. It kind of relaxes you. It's not quite like weed, but. Yeah. So Oliver basically takes over Melanie and can control her. 
which puts a damper on David's plans, but um, what's his face? The old guy with glasses. I can never think of his name. Kay? No. Carrie? Carrie. God, I can never think of his name. <laughs> yeah, he's like the he's like uh, a smart guy. Like Carrie still carries through with it. Hot Carrie, Carrie. Um, he carries through with his plan, and they find the blue octopus and put this car with the weapon in, and then Lenny's the one who eventually finds it, and then they go to the desert, which goes into the next one. Uh, the next episode, Sid wakes up, and in the desert, there's this giant pink plug, like this hole, like a bath, oh, yeah. a bathtub plug. And all those monks. Like, and all these monks are sitting around. Sitting but around. when Sid went, there wasn't. Their okay. stupid rabbit came up with a hook in it. And she goes, oh, no, I got to save the rabbit. So she pulls the rabbit out, but she's sitting by the hook and it catches her in the hand. And she's pulled down into the rabbit hole. Oh, you get the reference there. Alice in Wonderland. Yep. And she's blonde. So she's <laughs> going further down the rabbit hole. Yes. Um, so she gets pulled in there and that's where she meets Melanie. Supposedly Melanie. Um, David wakes up, is trying to find her. And then eventually he finds his way to the palace or to the, the monk's place and the monastery. So he makes his way to the monastery and he finds Oliver there, who's under control of Farouk. And he goes, tell me where Sid is. Where is she? And David goes all psycho and enters his mind and pulls out this drill and drills whole. And this is where we oh. see the psychotic David. Yeah, this like, is where like the villain, <laughs> villain David starts yeah. coming out. Like, tell me where yeah, she is. Yeah. Is like drilling the shit out of his body. And then I guess we find out by the end that Farouk had left him and it really was just Oliver. Um, and Farouk had entered Melanie's body and Melanie was convincing Sid that David is now evil and that you should turn on him. So this story ends with... Um, Basically, Farouk finds his body. I think that's where this one ends. He finds his body, and he's back at full power, and then we know that the final showdown, the battle between the two, is going to come up next. Yes. Um, so Farouk, he gets his regained powers. So the final episode starts, and they're in this huge mental battle, and I love this this scene. This was my favorite in the whole I, yes. season. This whole battle between them they're like standing on like this cliff side it's really bizarre and they're just looking at each other but in the background and up in the sky in this lightning storm are these animated characters that are hand-drawn and they're fighting each other like as samurais and as animals and it's to depict their mental battle that they're fighting with one another while their bodies are just standing there and while they're floating they're singing that song oh what's the song they're singing no one knows what it's like yeah. to be no the bad man. No one knows what it's like to be to the be... sad man. And they're just like singing to each other and fighting each other. So I'm like, that, that, it was beautifully done. This whole season was beautifully done. It was, really. This, the cinematography in this is just unbelievable. But uh, it was a beautiful battle that ensued between the two of them. It was so creative. You know, it wasn't traditional like like fist fight. Yeah, like let kicking, me pick up punching, rocks and throw, throw rocks, rocks at you. you. Let me use like my superpowers to to kill you. It's like no, it's these just, guys are on a different like a mental, mental level. Yeah, yeah. So it was an awesome way to depict that. Um, there's this huge tuning fork that Farouk found, but that was part of David's plan that that was supposed to come in 
and if it's hit just right, that the frequency will render all mutant powers null. Yes. That nobody can use their mutant powers anymore. So Lenny wakes up, she's got the high-powered rifle, and she ends up shooting the tuning fork. It was close enough to him, and she shoots it. Shoots it, it like hits the edge of the fork, and they just you see the the reverberations the go, go off. Yeah. yeah. And they're both powerless, and David fights it off because this is what was part of his plan, and he finds a rock and picks him up and just goes ape shit. Yeah. And starts beating the shit out of Farouk and basically punching him, and then Sid comes up out of nowhere with a gun and be like, we need to talk. Yeah. Like, I'm a little busy right just now. Just a minute. I need to, get, I need to finish this killing guy. this guy. <laughs> and then we can talk. You don't understand. When a woman says she wants to talk, you talk now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, this, yeah. is too, this is too perfect. She's serious, David. So he's based, Farouk's unconscious. So he's like, sure, let's talk. And then that's when Sid reveals, you're the monster. You're the one this whole time. And she points the gun at him, pulls the trigger, but Lenny, we see later on that Lenny realizes and she misses her shot. And it's so random that the, their two bullets hit. It's like, really? It, that part it I was wasn't a, a fan of. A but Their bullets hit and they both go flying back. And then this is where David kind of pulls a dick move here and goes up to her, wakes her up. And before he wakes her up, he uses his ET fingers and erases her memory <sighs> and jumbles her memory and um so she doesn't remember why she was mad at him in the first place tricks her and says i love you let's run away together and then basically they do it and um we get to the end so they have farouk they have them all tied up and they put the little crown on him that david had that suppresses his powers um but farouk finds a way around that he finally broke the machine and he whispers into the little mouse's ear um and it tells sid so they're said, David, we need you to testify. They're at the court. They're going to testify against Farouk. And David realizes what's going on, that it wasn't really for Farouk. It was for him. And they trap him in this little weird bubble that Carrie builds. And Farouk comes in without the crown on and is part of all of this and says, you know, you need to be stopped. You're the powerful one here. And, um, you know, David didn't realize, as said, as Sid came forward and said, Hey, you know, you sexually assaulted me mm-hmm. basically against my will. And David realizes, yeah, that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do because Carrie could, he put the scene back together and he could see what happened, what David did and the act of treason going against her and using his powers to erase her mind. Um, wasn't the greatest idea for David. Um, so they're like, David, you need help. You need to agree to take therapy or we will terminate you or we'll basically kill you. And he goes, I'm the bad guy now in all of this. He goes, you're arresting me for future crimes that I could destroy the world. He goes, I haven't done anything yet. How mm-hmm. could you guys do this to me? Right. Don't you know? attempt to drug me. So we see that it's all turning, that they're all afraid of David now. Yes. I guess they can handle Farouk. I guess he's on their <laughs> side. That part I didn't understand. I'm like, how the hell, the whole bad guy, the whole series is sitting over there, and everyone's like, oh, he's you're, on you're our like, side. You're chasing this guy like the whole season, and now you're like turning, and, and David's like, yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. And David, I mean, this was great. I'm, I, I figured he was going to find a way out of there. And he goes, no, he goes... It's just so many different things happen. The delusion, like his, the different versions of himself, the one guy, the delusion says that, you know, show him that you're a god, that you're better than all these people. Destroy them. And then the other one's like, you know, 
the the whole good guy bad guy type thing yeah. and they're trying to get david to do whatever and he goes you know what screw this i gave you guys a chance and he said i'm out of here and he just uses his powers fucking destroys <laughs> that bubble it's just like you're all nothing to me and he's forgot about sid he goes it's done over then he goes and he finds lenny and says let's get out of here and they run away together and that's where the episode ends and i loved it because clark Sid's like, well, what do we do now? He got away. And Clark's like, we pray. Because <laughs> there's not shit you can do to stop David. And that's where the season ends. Yeah, and then we see, earlier we see Melanie and Oliver three years later. Three years later. And they're in the... Astral plane. The astral plane. You know, Who knows where their bodies are because I think they're pretty much dead. Well, that's I think that's what they're alluding to is like Life support, dead. yeah. They're living happy, happily ever after Astral Plane. They're like reminiscing, reminiscing about the characters about Sid, David, Lenny. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was uh definitely didn't end like how I thought it would. It was with, yeah. With that whole like court case thing. I didn't think it would turn that, that quickly. Yeah. But. Um, going back, I didn't mention this in all the episodes, but in all the different episodes, the narrator would come in and he would talk about, as we said, John Hamm, he would talk about these different things. So he talked about things like unwelt, one creature's perception of the world, that humans are the only creatures that apply meaning to the world. So we're the only ones who can go mad, who can go insane. Mm -hmm. For instance, a boy that is taught that the color red is called green and that green means go may attempt to cross a road when shown a red light because that's what he's been taught his whole time. Right. If he finds out that that's incorrect, you know, it leads to madness. Um, the, the nocebo effect, a conversation disorder where the body um, responds to the idea of an illness as a real illness. So there was things like mass hysteria, like the dancing plague of 1518 where everybody just starts dancing. Yeah. It's not a real disease, but it, it's contagious that we can confuse our bodies and our minds into thinking that it is real. The, laughter epidemic everybody just starts laughing um the other one he talked about is pyro pyridolia um highlights the powers of human perception and pattern recognition so the optimist and a pessimist responding to a situation states that this that it is this that causes humans to conflate coincidence with conspiracy so so many conspiracy theories out there just go on youtube you can find millions of them yeah. so many people say well if this happened then we're just gonna connect the dots and that's got to be you know we create these coincidences we, in our mind and they become fact to us that yeah we fill in the gaps with things that we know and without looking at true true facts yeah um he also talks about narcissism the most alarming delusion of all believing that other people do not matter. He states that this arises from people who see a shadow of the world rather than the real thing, such as by interacting with others through technology and are unable to compare themselves to the perceived shadow people. So that's why we have our filters and things on our lives and social media that we can filter out all the bad and just focus on the good and see me for who I want to be seen as instead of the real me. Right. And it creates this whole shadow world. Um, Man, the show gets deep. But that was anyway. my favorite like narration. Oh, absolutely. Um, in the educational segment, the series ends from the first episode. 
this it's revisited with the narrator's story about the delusion hatching from the egg playing in David's mind after Sid shoots at him. An alternate version of David suggests that the idea of David being a good person who deserves love in itself is a delusion. So we see towards the beginning of the first season where he goes, oh, I'm a good person. I deserve love. I'm a good person. I deserve love as he's yeah. sitting in the wheelchair in the mental institute. So there's just so much happening. This was so deep. It was. You, def- you guys definitely got to check this show out. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Super psychedelic, but FX does a hell of a job showing yeah. this. Um, I hope the show continues, and I don't know with whatever the Marvel takeover is going to be with Fox, um, that they continue this. Yeah, I don't and- know how that's going to work with um, Disney now acquiring a lot of Fox's uh, assets and mm-hmm. characters and franchises i don't know how that's gonna affect this show i think season three is gonna happen i think i'm pretty sure it should but they haven't announced it until i'm sure the deal goes through but what i want to see is are they gonna bring professor x into this i know when does this take how could he not know that this shit's going on that the monster he killed farouk got his powers back i mean Dude can sense this shit. Yeah, I mean, so everybody's wondering is he knows that David's out there. Yeah, I mean, it has to. He has to come eventually, whether it be like James McAvoy or Patrick Stewart. Oh, I hope it's Patrick Stewart. Oh, because I I don't know where they fall in the timeline. Yeah, Um, it's it's out there. It's kind of its own little multiverse, I think, going on here. Um, I would love to see Patrick Stewart. That would be great. Yes. But I think there were quite a few Easter eggs in here. If I'm... There were. There were some that we probably missed. Hmm. Um, that we just because we just didn't notice it. Because you're, you're trying to pay attention to the story yeah, and try to understand, to understand it. it you don't you really just, pick up on the rest of those. Like so. you see something in a scene like sitting on the floor or like on a piece of furniture or something. Or like somebody says something that is related to yeah. something else in the universe. So I'll I'll go over the Easter eggs, starting with episode one. Uh, I pulled up an article um, from Bustle.com. I'll just read right through it. There are three small possible references in the show's April 3rd return. First, Patonomy mentions the new mutant threat, which could be a reference to the team that appeared in the 80s and originally included Marvel characters Psyche, Wolfsbane, Karma, Sunspot, and Cannonball. Hmm. A film adaptation of the new mutants will be released in 2019. Those mutants were created in a lab, so it fits the science, fiction, tone, and style of Legion. Okay. Patonomy also mentions the Lazarus Affair, which is news to Legion fans. Summerland is out, and Division 3 is headquarters for our heroes now. Patonomy tells David that after this event... The divisions were created. What is the Lazarus affair exactly? Well, there is a character in Marvel Comics named Lazarus, part of a government genetics research project in Florida called Armageddon. He was created as a weapon. He had mind control powers, and his mother, Beatrice, thought he was too dangerous to be in the world and sought to have him destroyed. His sister, Domino, is a more prominent Marvel character who will be featured in the already released Deadpool Ooh. 2 played by Zazzy Beats 
from Atlanta, another FX series. Oh, yeah, interesting. So, so cool. we could have a domino crossover here. We could. I mean, it's gonna. I hope it happens eventually. Coincidence? Easter egg? Keep your ears perked for more information about the Lazarus affair on Legion, especially because if you look closely at the diagram of the divisions, you'll note that their logos are numbered like dominoes. Whoa. I noticed that. That's funny. Curiouser and curiouser. Even if Domino doesn't show up herself, references like this show what themes and ideas from the Comics Legion has chosen to freely adapt. Let's get to episode two. In episode two, when he goes to talk to Farouk, David sits in a cross-legged battle pose that comic book fans will recognize. At the end of the episode, Carrie has full-on white rogue streaks in her hair. Interesting, because in the comics, Rogue has an aunt aunt named Carrie. Oh, that's interesting. She got the white streaks because uh, Farouk separated Carrie from Carrie. Right. um, And she was out of his body for so long, so she's starting to age. And that's where the white streak came from. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. David also discovers that the singy-songy mustache ladies are (laughs) androids called Vermilion, which is not in Marvel Comics. Ooh, so they're new. Yeah, that's an original FX character. Are they predecessors of the infamous Sentinels, which X-Men comic and movie fans know all too well? They played a major role in Days of Future Past, which also bears a striking resemblance to Sid's quest in Season 2 to reach David and change time in order to avoid a potential apocalypse. That is true. That was a very similar Days of Future Past. Yes. Episode 3. Are the monks in Episode 3 related to the silent monk from Marvel Comics? Their red accessories and head markings could indicate that this is the silent order. His peed... His Pied Piper skills... (laughs) Not peed. (laughs) He peed over everything. (laughs) Skills don't appear to be an Easter egg, but in case you were wondering, there is a cow in the comics, one of them a Deadpool comic. Speaking Hmm. of Easter eggs, however, Melanie's Adventure game is more of an old school one, unrelated to X-Men. Maybe the Minotaur is a doggy wheelchair, was supposed to be a Professor X reference, but it's more likely just Melanie's mind running wild. Episodes 4 and 5. The fourth episode back has a different sort of reference to the comics. In her virtual flashback maze, young Sid is at a museum looking at an Eden's Shield exhibit. According to Vulture, Shield's work was an artistic inspiration for the Legion comics. Other than that, there's not much in a way of specific Marvel references in this or episode 5. Episodes 6 through 8... In the sixth episode, the various potential Davids nod to different aspects of the X-Men comics. He's bald in one future, like his father. He's almost Magneto-esque in another, lording over a fancy pool party and using his powers to his own advantage. Also, the multiple worlds, or multiverse theory, is not just a real concept in quantum mechanics. It's one often used by comics, including Marvel. Speaking of Magneto... The patonomy is used to create a mind that can be read. That's something Magneto was able to achieve with a goofy helmet. Yes, to create a mind that cannot be read, which is where um, 
Fukuyama. The, Fukuyama. Fukuyama. He create. He's a mind. That's why Division Three put all their secrets in him because his mind cannot be read by the most powerful psychics in gotcha. the world. That's why they recruited him and said, "You're going to keep all your secrets because nobody can get into your mind." Ah, I like it. Words are important to Easter eggs on a show as sometimes vague as this one. And in episode eight, the characters say the professor, referring to David yep. Holler's father, Charles Xavier, out loud. Weird that none of the multiverse scenarios in the previous episodes involved him joining the X-Men, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That was weird. I did get that. They're like, the professor? Yeah. Because uh, the driver, she was the one that mentioned that, the professor. Because he was obviously the one that destroyed Farouk in the first place. So she mentioned him. And I'm like, oh, Professor X! He's coming! Episodes 9 and 10. In episode 10, David again appears in costuming resembling an alternate universe comic book character from X-Men Legacy Volume 2, also known as David 616, watching the events unfold in a kind of crystal ball. Melanie also refers to her universe's David as Legion, the world killer in the episode. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. Even the talk about David potentially being the villain in the story feels like a nod to the many types of character that David becomes in the comics. Is this demonic beast who shows up at the end of the penultimate penultimate blah, 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 episode from the page? Likely not, as Melanie's Minotaur more closely references the labyrinth Farouk created for her earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. That's about it. Cool. Yeah. There's a lot of little references that they threw in there. I do. I like that they're trying to keep up with. You're trying to connect to the other the comics, other the movies, mm-hmm. other shows. So it'll be interesting to see where they take this from season three. Um, with her and Lenny. Her and Lenny. Yeah, him and Lenny going out into the world. And I think he's kind of forgot a little bit about Sid. I'm sure there's still some connection there because he truly does love her. She's just unsure about it herself. Because other people have been in her brain saying, you know, be careful with him instead of just loving him for who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see where they go. And I think he's going to really unleash his true power now. I mean, they're kind of creating him into the monster he's supposed to be by trying to control him instead of just letting him do his thing. You think season three, he's going to be like full Legion, like full out? I I think so. I don't think they're going to make him like a true bad guy, but... There's going to be some type of redemption that's going to happen and they'll come back into the fold. And I know Farouk's not done. He's going to have to do something else yeah. stupid that, you know. I think David's going to teeter from like good and bad. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a struggle. It'll be a struggle, but hell of a show. If you've never checked it out, go back to season one, binge watch them. Not once, not twice, maybe three times to understand them. Um, just, it's a great show. It really is. It's. One of the best shows on TV right now. Um, did you have any favorite parts in the season? Favorite episodes? That The battle I mentioned. The battle at the yeah, end there. That was awesome. Did you like the dance battle in episode one? Like him and, the, and uh, Farouk like doing the dance battle and Oliver's like dancing. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's that all was like pretty choreographed funny. And, every, and whatever. And yeah, when they're in the nightclub scene. Yeah, yeah the that, nightclub scene. That was pretty cool. That was kind of fun. Um, I liked the the Sid episode. Her, yep. going her backstory. Her backstory growing up and her 
um, out in the like club and she's like dancing around and yeah. stuff. And you see her like her face and she's like bouncing back and forth between like everybody. It's just it's like her letting loose. Like you know, I'm done trying to yep. like, be careful and trying to hide, and I'm just gonna go out and be me and see what happens. That was a good episode. Absolutely. Anything else? No. Just check it out if you haven't. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, it's check it out. It's a good show. I think you can find it on Hulu. Season one for sure on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Season two probably will be posting soon. Should be, Should since be. it wrapped up on June twelfth, I think was yeah. the last episode. So, so. check it all out. Right. Um I'm parched. Yeah, let's move into our beer segments. Yay beer. Yay, but before beer. we get to the beer. Before we get to the beer, let's go into a little promo from the Hopped Up Network. If you are looking for more beer podcasts just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Pacific Beer Chat brings together a collective of West Coast beer bloggers sharing our opinions on events, issues, and well-crafted groups. We hope you will check out the podcast at PacificBeerChat.com and at Pacific Beer Chat on social media and podcast apps, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Music is by Conundrum. Welcome to Pacific Beer Chat. All right, we're back. And our first beer that we have, our in beer, I should say, coming from 18th Street Brewery in Hammond, Indiana, we have Hunter, a double milk stout. Here is a father's toast to his son. Brewed with cocoa nibs or cacao nibs (laughs) and lactose, Hunter boasts a creamy texture and a rich chocolate flavor. Vanilla, roast, and caramel sweetness are met with a bright hot bitterness. Complex enough to pair with dinner or dessert. Suave enough to skip the meal altogether. A chip off the old block. All right. Coming in at 8.7% ABV and the IBUs are not available. Oh. So I'm assuming since it's a milk stout and it's got the, the cacao nibs and the lactose, I'm sure it'll be a little bit sweeter and smoother. So there may not be much IBU here. That would be my guess. I'm Why the IBUs aren't on there? 10 I, IBUs, maybe. I'm not really seeing it on any other site. Some are saying 8% ABV. I still don't see any IBVs posted anywhere. IBVs? IBVs, yep. IBUs. <laughs> I don't see any. Nothing on untapped. Yep. All right. Well, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. All right. So, Hunter, we have the can here, and oh my goodness. This is a 16-ouncer. We got some gold-looking dragon, demon, weird eyeball critters all in the background. And then on the far right of the can, on the sticker, we just have Hunter written vertically Mm -hmm. um, in a Japanese style. So these look like very Japanese-esque dragons, like ancient mythical dragons and all sorts of different eyeballs and things. I see that. If you see all that, I see like a. There's a skull skull with horns, some dragons, a bunch of eyeballs. That's really cool. Yeah, I like it. Black and gold. And the 18th Street Brewery label down there at the bottom. 
says it's a stout brewed with lactose sugar and cacao nibs and they create a rich chocolate flavor and a creamy texture vanilla roast and caramel sweetness are met with a bright hot bitterness so i'm digging the can i really like like that i like the gold and the red together yeah um kind of gives off a little bit of metallic um color to it Mm -hmm. Uh, the art is really good it's it's kind of like the three floyds from a couple weeks ago that we did yeah it's very similar to that very similar where it's not too busy because of the colors they chose to do yeah it's one one or two color throughout yes but there's a lot happening there and you got to really look at it to find i mean you'll find different eyeballs and teeth sticking out all sorts of different places here but Top-notch can. I love it. Yeah. Very Japanese-esque. Mm-hmm. And Hunter, do we have a tie-in with Legion here, pal? We do, because I decided the the show is all about hunting for the Farouk's body. Oh, that's right. Looking for, like, Sydney, what happened to her body. Mm-hmm. Or Amy, you mean? Oh, Amy, that's right. Sydney has her body. Sydney has her body. <laughs> Amy. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of hunting going on this show, I felt like. So I thought this would be a good comparison. I completely forgot to mention, and we didn't, what we got to see in this episode, or in one of these episodes. Aubrey Plaza. We got to see her ass. <laughs> she, was, she was. She was bug-ass naked crawling out of a hole like, damn. Yeah, Sorry. It was like a total anyway. rebirth. Like, she's got her new body, and it was... I'm sure Dustin will probably go back and watch now that we mentioned that. <laughs> Dustin, Aubrey Plaza, butt-ass naked. Go see it. It's a great thing. It is. It was beautiful. Yes. Like this beer. Um, the color. I think we might have another. This is the darkest night category. This, <laughs> this is. The I darkest. can't even see any light, even at the edge. I can hardly see through this at all. This is the darkest beer we've ever had, I believe. Wow. When you poured it, there was hardly any head that came out whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it was like somebody stored their, they changed their oil in this can and just poured pure motor oil out. I mean, you hold up the light, you can usually see like a little bit of like brown or red. Barely. Barely. You hold this up, it just gets blacker. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it just gets darker. It's ridiculous. This is dark, dark night. Dark, dark night. The darkest of the dark nights. <laughs> All right, let's give it a sniff here. Ooh. Ooh. Is that coffee That's I smell? so much coffee. Oh, my gosh. That wasn't even in the description. Yeah. Cacao. So cacao. it's going to be chocolatey. Vanilla roast. I smell a little bit of the vanilla. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm drinking this. I'm I can't wait. Ooh. That is smooth. Oh, yes. It's the lactose. You can definitely get the smoothness of it. I get that dark chocolate, the cacao. It finishes the bitterness of the chocolate, the dark chocolate that comes through. I get that caramel sweetness up front. A little bit of coffee nuttiness. The nutty coffee. Um, It's really great, really balanced really well. Oh, that's good. Mm. All right, let's see what the folks have to say. Start with Beer Advocate. 
They gave it a 4.23 out of 5, an exceptional rating out of 288 ratings. Um, this is interesting. This guy's review here says, Copious tan foam settles to a thin cap. We had no copious foam whatsoever. You poured Not this. You all. didn't even tilt the glass. You just dumped it in, and it was there's no head on this whatsoever. I tried to tilt the glass to do it like a, a good pour. It just come out motor oil no head yeah and the can says june 14th so it's not it's terribly old pretty new Ooh, guy with his taste mouthfeel what do you think pal mouthfeel wise yep um or is that someone say your dick feel so. <laughs> my dick feel is telling me it's smooth nutty Roasty, kind of chocolatey mouthfeel. Kind of a light body, a little bit. Creamy? Creamy. Nice smooth feel to this one. Creamy and slick. Yet a thickness to it that leaves all those flavors on the tongue. So, close to what you're saying. Yeah. Coating it with chocolate and almost coffee-like flavors. I'm digging this beer. That's good. Mm-hmm. What's on tap, got? Untapped. 4.03 out hmm. of 8,600 ratings. Had three of my buddies rate this one. Mr. Gone B6 gave it a four. Said, had a friend from work give me this one. It's really good. A bit roasty, but smooth with a nice chocolate flavor. Highly enjoying it. Uh, our friend Drunk Hungry and in Indy nah. gave this one a 4.25. Says this stouts the shit. Can't get enough. <laughs> stouts the shit. Stouts the shit. Sorry, I'd take another sip there. So good. I had another friend try it on multiple occasions. John Carter. John Connor? John Connor. John Connor. <laughs> gave it a four. He had it on nitro. Ooh. How good would that be on nitro? Oh. <laughs> oh. I want it on nitro. I know. It'd be so smooth. It's so smooth. It would just slide down your throat. Oh. All right, you ready for rate beer? Yes. Rate beer and overall ranking. What do you think? 99. Correct. Oh, yes. 99 overall and an 86 for the style. I think I looked this up. You probably did. I, yeah. That is so high. Any good reviews on rate beer? Uh, pours thick black, as we had mentioned, with a thin tan head. Well, this guy didn't have much head either. Disappearing very quickly. Aroma of chocolate, vanilla, dark fruits. I don't know about that. Roast malts. Taste is sweet. Milk chocolate. Not milk. No, I definitely get dark chocolate here because of the bitterness. Mm -hmm. Sugar, vanilla, dark fruits. Again, light roast, light coffee bitterness. Thick, smooth mouthfeel. And that's all it says. Oh, that was just 11 days ago. There could be more that he says. Oh, fine carbonation. Delicious. He enjoyed it. Very delicious. I'm enjoying it. I like the little bit of that bitterness, the roasty, that nuttiness that sits on your tongue. That comes from these these stouts, the, the porter style. That's what I kind of like about it. And it also has that hint of sweetness to it that kind of lingers a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm really digging this. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. It's... There's a lot going on, but nothing is overpowering. 
there's good chocolate flavor, good coffee flavor, nutty flavor, vanilla is very subtle, goes down smooth. Uh, when we poured it, I thought for sure we were in for like some kind of dragon's milk. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> that's I thought. Not, that's not at all. That's not the case at all. It's definitely not very boozy. It is an 8%, um, but it's not boozy at all. No. Because it's not a true imperial you know, stout per se. It's a milk stout, so it's not supposed to be boozy. It feels it's more supposed like to be a, a little bit smoother. Like a 5% to me. Yeah. They hide the... Eight percent really well. It's definitely the lactose and the sugar. Yes, comes through there. Ooh, there's a hunter vanilla version. <gasps> there's a hunter coffee version. Oh, I did see that. And a bourbon barrel aged hunter. Oh my gosh! And a hunter coconut. Hunter. And a hunter cherry. And a oh. hunter orange. <laughs> and a hunter chili pepper. <laughs> and barrel aged hunter coffee. How many hunters are there? A barrel aged hunter vanilla. There's a hazelnut vanilla one. <laughs> A barrel aged hunter coconut, a barrel aged coffee vanilla hunter, <laughs> a cinnamon vanilla. Cinnamon <laughs> still going. They barrel aged the hunter orange too. The coconut cinnamon, the barrel aged chili pepper. Oh my gosh! Do we have to go to the? Brewery? We're gonna buy all these. We need a hunter episode. We're gonna do hunter episode. Just as I found out with dragon's milk, there's so many different varieties of that one as well. We need to do. <gasps> Dustin and I can do that. This is our stuff. There you go. We could drink this and then not feel things anymore after drinking them all. Oh, there's a cherry vanilla. Oh my gosh, there's just some. Oh, there's a hazelnut. Wow. And we just had the original Hunter. Now, I don't want to rank this one too high because some of those other ones sound so much more delicious than this. I'm going to have to temper my, my thoughts on this one now after hearing all those. Oh my goodness. This is good stuff, though. I checked it in. I'll go first. Okay. I gave this one a four and a half. Really? Well, not a there five? Were, not a five, no. When I saw all those other flavors, my head is spinning right now. So I I don't want to quite call this one a five, but if you add more shit to it, orange, coffee, hazelnut, um, all those different styles of this beer that I saw might kick it up to that five range but just as a true milk stout this one's good Mm -hmm. i love it yeah um the the initial notes of coffee that you get up front it ends with that cacao the dark chocolate finish that bitterness that sits on your tongue i'm not a true dark chocolate fan but the roastiness of uh, a little bit of the nuttiness that comes through and the sweetness of the lactose and the sugar that comes throughout it balances this beer very well. Um, at 8%, it, you couldn't even tell that this was 8%. I would sit and drink a whole four-pack of these. I'm assuming they come in a four-pack, as most 16-ouncers do. Yeah. I, I could drink multiple of these. Mm-hmm. Meal replacement, or as it says here, with dinner, after dinner, dessert, whatever. I mean, it, it's a good standalone milk stout. Top choice, it's number one. Ooh. And I agree with you. I gave it a four and a half. Mm. As a milk stout, I think it's pretty much a five if we're rating it just based off the style. About a five, but in the overall like beer, our overall like palate, like what we pref- what we think and 
compared to other beers. Like, I'll give it a four and a half. Hearing those other beers with, like, cherry and orange, mm-hmm. uh, caramel, and all that stuff, I'm like, <sighs> okay, those might be... That. We got to try those. Because this is a good... This is a good start to a beer that could be really amazing with all, everything else they're putting in this. So I want to get my hands on those those beers and try them out. But I really enjoyed this. I think this was a really balanced beer. There was good notes of chocolate and coffee and nuts and vanilla was, yep. was there too. The 8% drank really well. I didn't taste a lot of that. So, yeah, I was really impressed with this one. It was delicious. Very good stuff. While we are getting the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drink and Geek Out. Get all sorts of cool, fancy updates and pictures. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff over on our website at drinkandgeekout.com. And you can email us any comments or suggestions at drinkandgeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content, and that is patreon.com slash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back with our out beer for this episode, and from New Holland Brewing, we have the Tangerine Space Machine, a New England-style IPA. As uh, I think we mentioned previous episodes, we've had New Holland several times, I think, on this show. Yeah. If not, at least once. You and I. Uh, we had, um, they are from Holland, Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, but this Tangerine Space Machine description says, There once lived a bitter soul with a fruitful life as his goal. Hopped in his space machine, went to New England to find his queen, came back in a haze of tangerine. Nice little rhyme they had going on there. Doesn't really describe the beer a whole lot. But it does come in at 6.8% ABV and 40 IBUs. The grain they used, pale two-row. <laughs> pale. And white wheat and oats. And the hops, galaxy, of course. And citra, of course. Yeah, of course. Space and citrus. Duh, it's yeah. got to be galaxy and citra. Um, so... Not a whole lot of description on this, but it is a New England-style IPA. This was another one that was gifted to us from Hannah uh, for the podcast when she went up and visited New Holland Brewing. Because I think several episodes ago we had... um, What was that one we had? Night Tripper. Night Tripper. Not Day Tripper, but Night Tripper. Night Night Tripper. The Imperial Stout that... That was 11 and a half. That was a pretty potent one, but that was pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good, yes. So we'll see what this one is. It's that New England style. It's one of my favorite styles, that new style that's coming out. Um, so we'll see how this one is. I'm excited to see if like the oat, the oat malt mm-hmm. changes anything. Yeah. Because I haven't seen oats used a whole lot. I know like Central State Brewing, they have brewed with oats quite a bit, and... Um, Definitely kind of changes the like the flavor a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so the can that we have here, we have the spaceman. Um, looks like he has in the shape of a tangerine. He's got the little stem and the leaf popping out mm-hmm. with the spacesuit head, and the different moons and stars in the back are in the shapes of tangerines. So it's got the New Holland up on top on the can. 
with the label on the spaceman's head and blue, dark blue space background. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. It's yeah, it's nice. It's I like I like the blue background. The orange and the blue really the pop and together. The blue go together well. The uh, space helmet is pretty cool. And having... didn't didn't somebody have a helmet in the in Legion? Um Oliver. Oh, that's right. But that was an underwater thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an underwater. Yeah, thing. but uh, it looks like it though. Was there somebody that actually had like a spacesuit? Did Maybe. somebody have a spacesuit? I don't think no, anybody. I can't remember. I don't. I don't think anybody had a spacesuit. No, that was so. just the. Yeah, I think it was the underwater thing in the astro plane because he wore that and he was calling people, pulling people through the astro plane in season one, not in season two, but. Right. Anyway, that's reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. So that but have you cool. noticed a lot of their cans have like the orange, yeah, border around it, and then then it, then it goes into like the art, like. The rest of the so it shows that New Holland up on top, they all have that same yeah. New Holland label, the orange label around the top, mm-hmm. and then they do their whatever design whatever, underneath. Yeah. So yeah, they're definitely rebranding. They're rebranding. So it's they're... nice. So you recognize that when there's an orange top, it's New Holland. Yes. So it's unique to them. Yes. All right. Let's take a look at the color of this beer. Ooh, pretty golden. Very hazy. It's hazy. It's that New England style. So this is our lighter palettes up here. I want to say seven or eight. I don't know if you have yours up yet or not, but yeah, I'm looking. Um, let's see. Let's get out of the darks here. Because Star Fox or a Goku's Gi, or even darker into an Infinity Gauntlet. I could see that one as well. I'm thinking eight or nine. I'm feeling more nine, just nine? because there's a little tinge of orange. So the Infinity Gauntlet or the Nick Splat symbol? I like Nick Splat. Okay. Nickelodeon Splat. I'll go with that. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Works for me. But I notice when we look through it, there's not... Because a lot of these New England styles that we've had, there's been a lot of floaters. Yes. Like the different hops that floats um, in the beer. And this has nothing. It's it's hazy. You can't see through it, but there's no floaters. So curious to see what this will taste like so we know little surprise hops at the end or anything. So let's give it a good sniff. Oh, burst of tangerine. Mm, yes. Huge tangerine hit on the nose. Mm, I love that. Oh, that's good. A little bit of that IPA, that hazy. That's that style. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited. So the galaxy a little bit. The galaxy hops, yep. Hops. This tangerine is mm, very potent. Very prominent. Ready for a sip? Start sipping. That is a blast of tangerine. <laughs> yes. Whoa. That's pretty good. Super smooth. Very smooth. With a burst of tangerine at the, on the back end. Mm. Or up front. Are you getting up front? I'm getting up front. That's the first thing I taste is tangerine. It has a hoppy finish to me. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, the, bit, the bitterness is lingering a little bit mm-hmm. on the back end. I mean, your palate's different than mine, so. Yeah. It just took me a couple of drinks to get the tangerine up front and then it. The hoppy finish, a little bit bitter on the back end. So the smell matched my first initial taste, and that's usually not how that works. 
But this is Tangerine Space, that's for sure. I know why Tangerine is in the name. Mm-hmm. It's a different taste from, we just had that milk stout. It's mm-hmm. like, wasn't expecting this. Ooh. You know, I'm used to like all these like big, double dry hopped, triple IPAs. Yeah, you're expecting more of a hoppiness to this. Yeah, I'm and, expecting yeah. a little bit more, but like this is, in my opinion, easier to drink. It's, very much so. Yeah, it's very smooth. Yeah, very smooth. It's like drinking juice. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what Beer Advocate has here. Their overall score, they gave it a 3.87 out of 5, a very good rating out of 65 ratings. Trying to find a good review here. I'll mention Untapped real quick. Sure. 3.75 out of 12,000 ratings. Whoa, 12,000. Yeah. That's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, no friends have tried this. <laughs> Interesting review here. This is nearly a facsimile of an orange crush or an orange Fanta. Palatable, certainly, but just buy a damn orange soda if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with him. It's very strong citrus up front, but it's definitely tangerine. I wouldn't say orange crush. I love orange crush, and this orange crush did not come to no. mind because it's a tangerine. No, you're damn fruits. And it's not super carbonated either. No, like, no, no, no. It no. doesn't taste like a soda. No, not at all. All right, let's see. Rate beer. Uh, their overall score, they gave it an 85. And a 73 for style. Uh, A couple people on here. Cloudy pour, nice fruity aroma, sweet tangerine, but not overdone. Eh, disagree. There's a lot. Some big citrus hops. Smooth mouthfeel is pretty good. Orange hazy appearance that matches the style. Tangerine aroma up front with a little yeast funk after. Mm. Strong tangerine flavor with a very mild hop finish, which is what I said. Was this dude's favorite New England IPA that he has tried? Mm. I've had some good ones. I have a decent review on Untapped. Oh, what you got? Pretty good. Very subtle tangerine flavor on the finish. Not as much of any style as I was hoping for. He gave it three point seven five. I would agree with that, the New England style because it does have more of a hoppy finish. The true New England style, mm. like a lot of. I want to say the Nuggets series that we've had from 450. Or like from uh, Treehouse. Mm-hmm. Like you've tried a few of those. Trillium has some of them. A lot of the hops come through a little bit more. This is a little bit more stronger on the tangerine taste. I'm not getting like the juicy mouthfeel that a lot of these yeah. any IPAs have. So I think New Holland may be mass producing these a little bit more because this one is available here in town, um, here in Indiana being several hours away um it's i've had a few of these recently from some of the bigger breweries there's obviously this is the the haze craze as they're calling it right now Mm -hmm. um and some of these bigger distributions they're not as you know i think they're changing the brewing process just a little bit like the 450 they say if you buy it drink it as soon as you can because you hold on to it for too long it's going to go bad it's not made to be canned it's made to be drunk fresh um but these i don't know just the process is a little bit different but you get a, a little hint of it i mean it's good i've had better new england styles but i'm really digging i'm 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 digging this one this one's yeah. good 
you like it? Like, are you okay with it not having like that big juicy mouthfeel? It should be there. I mean, I'm it expecting be there a little it. Bit more. I was expecting more, but but overall, it's still good. It wasn't dry hopped. I think that's what really gets the mouthfeel like, mm-hmm. up there is like when you dry hop it or you you like double dry hop it. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm thinking it's more of a like tangerine IPA. It's kind of falls a little bit behind on the the New England style. It's not quite there, but I it's in the same ballpark. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I gave this one a four out of five stars or caps, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I thought this was pretty solid. I don't think it quite met the New England style, like um, that. That should like the mouthfeel wasn't quite there. Uh, I did enjoy like the citrus mouth or citrus flavors. Um, the bitter IPA flavors were pretty decent. Um, I have better though, to be honest. Yeah, but I do think this was still solid. Mm-hmm. Just a little solid beer, not not bad at all. So that's I think four is a good rating. I'm gonna agree with you, and also say a four. Holding <gasps> <Iron> Club. <laughs> um, it's not a true New England, as you were saying. That mouthfeel is off. It's not that that creaminess. That true. I don't know. I don't want to call it creamy because that's more of the milk stouty, but it's. That fullness of the mouthfeel that you get with a true New England style. There's just so much going on with every sip. Juicy. Yeah. True juicy. Yeah. Um, I love the tangerine in this. Mm -hmm. I love the citrus and how it comes through. You can actually pick out the fruit. Sometimes they'll just say citrus, but they were very specific. It's tangerine. I can taste the tangerine. Usually when they call it something, I'm like, I don't really taste that. It's like, I'm not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not too overpowering and with these styles of ipa i really like when the citrus does come through the the true juicy with the juice um taste that comes through i i enjoy these a lot more so overall it's good but i was expecting more especially since we've had some of those true new england style and i've had quite a few and i had one that set it off the charts, but that's coming on a, on a future episode. Um, I had the ultimate New England IPA, and I don't think I'm ever going to find anything that will top that. Yeah. But I am on the lookout for it. Well, you went out and had like a whole bunch of juicy. Yeah, there was a tasting beers. here in town where they had a bunch of the haze craze. There was a tap takeover, and they had a bunch of local stuff. Well, local meaning Indiana. Um, and a lot of the surrounding state areas that they had a lot of these styles. And that's where Saf was there with me and him and I would just fell in love with this style. And it's just so crazy. Like when 450 puts all this stuff out, they got a can release coming up here soon. And it's like, Oh, I want to get down and try all these different styles. Not so much their slurpees and things like that, but their true new England style, the nuggets. Um, ah, it's just, it's sticking with me and that's kind of set the bar pretty high. Yeah, it's it's bringing in new new fans. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really it's like bringing people over into the craft beer world, and they're they're like, "Wow, this is so good! I want to try other things from these breweries." 
Well, this was given to me and given to us for the podcast, and I have a six-pack of these, so I look forward to finishing these off. Um, I could drink these. I could go out and buy them, and I'm glad you can. So next time I see this on sale, I'm buying this. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah, I'll purchase this. Even if it's not on sale, I'll buy it in a heartbeat and get another six-pack and be like, you know what? I feel like a little bit of New England style. Just a little bit. It's not quite fully there. <laughs> right. But I like the citrus. I love the tangerine in it. And gosh, I could drink this all day. Pretty well, light, like, too. I'm assuming this is probably isn't too expensive. No, for, I'm sure uh, about 10 bucks. Six packs. Yeah. I mean, so the, the, price the average price for what you're getting, it's really well worth it. Absolutely. Overall, good beer. Overall, good episode. Yeah, good. Good job on that Legion. That Legion. That Legion. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I got all dusting on everybody. No, so I'm glad you did. I, you did a good job. Keith's just talking constantly. So <laughs> if you just skip forward to find the beer part, go back and listen to me go blah 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 all about Legion. Um, hell of a show. Hell of some good beers that we had. Um, I think we got some good stuff coming up here in the future to here too for our podcast. So. Yeah, we have the hopefully 100th episode. Hopefully, that should be coming up very soon. soon. I'm hoping. Uh, we got some other stuff, good stuff planned for the future. Um, one of the guys is going to be moving down to India. Yeah, we mentioned that several episodes ago. Um, yeah, Saf's moving, so it could be more of the Pale and Keith and more of the Saf and Dustin. We might. Yeah, it's going to be like a two, two and two, like trying to come together, like differently to come to full episodes i don't know we'll we'll see we'll make it work i think we'll make it work and we'll we'll, we'll definitely get together a lot and you'll still hear quite a few episodes with all four of us so we do a pretty good job of making time and getting together yeah but until we do drink up and geek out proud member of the hopped up network i saw your ranking sorry I didn't mean to see your ranking. Oh, that's okay. You just whipped it out in front of me. <laughs> Flapping it in my face. It happens.